Hi, it's Amy Siskin of The Weekly List and author of the book, The List, and welcome to episode 93 of The Weekly List Podcast, which accompanies week 176 on The Weekly List website, theweeklylist.org, and corresponds to the week ended March 28th, 2020. So this week, probably a lot of you who are listening, the majority of you who are listening to this podcast are doing so while you are part of a stay-at-home issue by your governors. Most states now are in some mode of having their lives significantly changed, although Trump continues to deny there's a big problem, and we seem to continue this too prong narrative where part of the country is conscious of what is happening and taking actions to try to make the situation better, while the leader of our country continues to try to dismiss what is happening and telling Americans we're going to reopen the economy and people are going to be back by Easter to fill the churches and it will be beautiful. This week we became the country uh, with the most coronavirus cases in the world and equally disturbing, our curve has not flattened. And let me just draw a distinction between flattening of our curve and reaching our apex because of the term apex is being used by New York Governor Andrew Cuomo in his daily broadcasts, which seem to be more formative and fact-filled than Trump. Uh, but just backing up, There is flattening the curve means what percentage or how many new cases we are adding each day. When you start to lower the amount of cases each day that you are adding versus the day before, that is when your curve starts to flatten. That does not happen at all for the United States. Uh, We uniquely, with the exception of other authoritarian regimes like, say, Turkey, have a very steep curve, which means we are continuing each day to add more cases than the day before. What is also startling this week is our death rate. Not only are we adding more deaths each day, um, right now roughly 30% more each day, we crossed 1,000, then two days later we crossed 2,000. But as we have feared and talked about in this podcast, the mortality rate, meaning the number of Americans that die, is also starting to increase. So that is the trajectory. The apex is when you reach the absolute highest number of cases. That is something New York is predicting in the next 15 to 21 days. New York, as we all know, is um, seeing the earliest breakouts being an international destination. That country is also, excuse me, that state is also doing the most aggressive testing. Um, And we've talked a lot about the importance of testing in countries that have done well on this including China's neighbors like South Korea and Japan, and uh, where they did early testing and were able to quarantine people and stop the spread. Our country has failed in that endeavor, with the exception of states like New York, maybe uniquely New York, which has done roughly somewhere between 25 to 30 percent of all testing in the United States uh, by using private labs. And that's another reason why you're seeing in New York Um, a high recognition of the problem, uh, the number of cases rising. But New York also, as we headed towards the end of this week, is seeing signs of being the first state to start to see their curve flatten. Uh, If you follow Nate Silver on 538, 
Uh, he has a piece up on his website about the growth of new cases in each state, pointing out that New York is actually somewhere near the bottom of that because we've had so many cases and it's growing less quickly day by day that's flattening the curve, whereas other states um, where it has hit are seeing somewhere between 20 to 30% growth in some cases per day, uh, or certainly over a two-to-three-day two to period. So those are the states that are dealing with it more slowly. Testing has been limited. We're going to need to talk about how that is all kind of playing out across the country. Uh, but one thing that Cuomo talked about this week is being the first state in and the one that will lead our country back out. And as we're going to talk about, we desperately need that leadership now because there is very little being done at the national level. In fact, Trump is in many ways pushing us backwards from making progress and fighting with governors. Uh, but in terms of a federal response, it is very limited. We talked last week about Trump's daily task force briefings, how those were gradually becoming more of a, a campaign rally for him each day. That has continued and gotten a lot worse this week as he starts to do those daily. Um, and st we're starting to see real dangers from the disinformation that he is spreading at these campaign rallies, for lack of better words, including uh, a death in Arizona where a man and his wife ingested a drug that they thought, based on something Trump said, would be a cure for the coronavirus, and the man died and his wife was hospitalized. So there are real consequences for our media continuing to play these daily briefings, which are in many ways propaganda rallies and great danger to our country, which has seen no slow in the growth rate um, of either cases, with the exception of New York, uh, or slow in the death rate, which is now approaching 30% growth each day. So I, if you follow me on Twitter, I often say do the math. Uh, if you want to see what the death toll will be each day, uh, as we closed out this week, we hit 2,000 cases. Add one, do it, put 2,000 in your calculator and put 1.3 times, and that's where we'll be tomorrow. And then do 1.3 times again and again, and again. And you start to see how you grow from 1,000 to 2,000, 2,000 to 4,000. When you don't slow that growth rate, it continues to grow quickly. So uh, our country is not, again, on a national level, taken action that most of the world suffering from this virus has taken to do national lockdowns. So and until we do so and take some real national action, uh, there's going to continue to be these two narratives with the red states, some of them we're going to talk about this week, doing very little, trying to minimize the problem. Uh, and other states that are grappling with this and taking aggressive action will be leading us on the way out. Uh, but again, a real lack of leadership from the top, which is extremely, extremely problematic. So we're going to go through the list. Um, and I, I just wanted to start off, I'm going to talk about some polls. It's important to put the polling in context. Those of us who lived through 9-11 remember our country uniting after 9-11. George W. Bush saw his approval rating jump 35 points at Gallup. Uh, it got as high as 91%. Trump is seeing a slight uptick in his popularity or his approval. Uh, Gallup notes, and we're going to talk about that in the early list, that the, ever since FDR, anytime there's been a crisis, it is natural for there to be uh, an uptick in approval and for Americans want to rally together. 
Uh, I am watching the numbers daily. We'll see what comes out early this week, but it looks as if by the end of last week, Trump's short bump uh, in approval may be over. We're going to see, but in any case, it is nothing of the, of the nature of past bumps in times of crisis. So let's start off with that story. On Tuesday, a Gallup poll found Trump's approval rating rose to 49%, matching the highest point of his time in office and up from 44% earlier this month. Notably, Trump improved among independents, plus eight, and Democrats, plus six, which is atypical of him. Gallup noted, quote, historically, presidential job approval has increased when the nation is under threat. From FDR through George W. Bush, we talked about W. Bush's 35-point surge. On Trump's handling of the coronavirus, 60% approved in the beginning of the week and 38% disapproved. Uh, 94% of Republicans approved and 27% of Democrats. Again, our country being largely divided and your news source, if it's Fox News, you think Trump is doing a great job and this isn't really a threat. On Saturday, Politico reported the DOJ asked Congress for emergency powers amid the coronavirus crisis to detain people indefinitely without trial during national emergencies, which Trump has declared. The DOJ proposed granting the attorney general power to ask any chief judge to pause proceedings and to grant top judges the power to pause and to use video conference hearings without the defendant's consent. The proposal also asked to empower Trump or his successor to eliminate legal protections for asylum seekers, a permanent change to immigration law. This idea was reported to be dead on arrival. On Sunday, the New York Times reported Trump sent a letter to North Korea's Kim Jong-un offering help in fighting the coronavirus, according to North Korea's state media. Kim's sister called the letter, quote, a good judgment and proper action. Contrast that to, as we're going to discuss this weekend, as we discussed last week, the trouble Trump is giving governors in the United States. He's offering help to Kim Jong-un. Last week, he said, we're not a shipping clerk. You're going to see more of that this week. On Sunday, and never like let the Republicans let a good crisis go by to take up extremist measures, Ohio Attorney General General uh, Dave Yost ordered clinics to stop performing non-essential and elective surgical abortions during the coronavirus health emergency or face consequences from the state. Texas was trying to do something similar. On Sunday, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin told Fox Business, quote, I've seen a bunch of fake news over the last couple of days about a complete shutdown of our economy. Adding Trump, quote, has not made that decision. But notice our Treasury Secretary is using the term fake news. On Sunday, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio told Meet the Press that Trump, quote, will not lift a finger to help his hometown, that's New York City. Adding, quote, if the president doesn't act, people will die who could have lived otherwise. On Sunday, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker told State of the Union that federal government inaction has forced states to compete against each other for supplies, adding, quote, it's a wild west out there. We are overpaying. Andrew Cuomo uh, uh, also said the same type of thing in his daily press briefing, saying, quote, there are masks that we, are pay that we used to pay 85 cents for. Now we're paying $7. So again, it's a lack of federal leadership. We're not order clerks, the state's now competing with each other. 
On Sunday, Cuomo also said he had requested a temporary hospital be built at the Jacob Javits Center, as a number of confirmed cases in New York hit 15,000. That's on Sunday. On Sunday, Reuters reported the Trump regime eliminated a key CDC public health position in Beijing in July 2019, intended to help detect disease outbreaks in China, months before the first case in November. The American expert, Dr. Linda Quick, trained Chinese field epidemiologists who were deployed to the epicenter of outbreaks. No other foreign disease experts were embedded after Quick left. So another sign of Trump cutting out our government at a time of need. On Sunday, Trump sent scores of tweets promoting conspiracy theories about the coronavirus and sharing an article suggesting a miracle cure was at hand. Trump sent 66 tweets before 9.30 a.m. on Sunday. On Sunday, Germany banned meetings of more than two people in public, in addition to shuttering businesses. German Chancellor Angela Merkel self-quarantined after contact with a doctor who tested positive. She, however, tested negative this week, thankfully. On Sunday, Representative, excuse me, Senator Rand Paul became the first U.S. senator to test positive for the coronavirus. Paul was the only senator to vote against the first round of $8.5 billion in coronavirus funding earlier in March, ironically. Senators Mitt Romney and Mike Lee announced they would self-quarantine after having had extended interaction with Rand Paul and would miss floor votes. Rand Paul worked out in the Senate gym and the pool Sunday morning before he got his test results. On Sunday, governors from Ohio and Louisiana became the latest states to issue stay-at-home orders, joining New York, New Jersey, California, Illinois, and Connecticut as the U.S. confirmed coronavirus cases passed 33,000, with at least 390 dead on Sunday. On Sunday, in an op-ed, a doctor at Mass General Hospital in Boston on the front line of fighting the coronavirus wrote, quote, how America can avoid Italy's ventilator crisis, where life rationing choices have been made. Dr. Daniel Horn warned, quote, without swift action, parts of the United States will run out of ventilators in the coming weeks, and urged Trump to invoke the Defense Production Act, DPA, and organize American companies now in production. On Sunday, at his daily press briefing, Trump said he was deploying the National Guard to California, New York, and Washington, saying, I'm a wartime president. This is war, a different kind of war. Trump rejected calls from governors around the country and others to invoke the DPA, saying, quote, We're a country not based on nationalizing our businesses. Call a person over in Venezuela. I just want to add that Trump had no problem invoking Depression-era socialist-type measures when the trade war with China made farmers suffer. We've given billions and billions of dollars in several tranches to farmers under a Depression-era act that Trump has invoked. Anyway, back to the week. White House advisor Peter Navarro added, quote, we're getting what we need without putting the heavy hand of government down, pointing to companies like CM that are 3M that are shipping masks to New York and Seattle. When asked about Romney being in isolation after exposure to the coronavirus, Trump told reporters, Romney's in isolation? Gee, that's too bad. Talk about rising to the occasion. 
Later Sunday, Trump tweeted, quote, my friend always there when I've needed him. Senator Rand Paul was just tested positive for the Chinese virus, adding that is not good. He is strong and will get better. On Sunday, as Trump was speaking, the Dow Jones futures fell sharply, triggering a halt after reaching a 5% drop due to the Senate not reaching a funding deal on Sunday night. The deal was expected to be $2 trillion. On Sunday, the New York Times reported that under the leadership of Lachlan Murdoch, Rupert's son, Fox News played down the dangers of the coronavirus to its viewers, saying it was a Democratic and media-led plot against Trump. For weeks, the number of cases rose. Lachlan failed to correct the narrative that the virus was not a big threat to the U.S. Experts say the misinformation spread by the network will lead to American deaths. On Sunday late evening, Trump tweeted, quote, I watch and listen to the fake news, listening networks, listing networks and newspapers that he considered fake news, and adding, quote, all I see is hatred of me at any cost. Don't they understand they are destroying themselves? Trump also tweeted just before midnight in capital letters, we cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself. At the end of the five-day period, we will make a decision on which way to go. A lot of people like myself read that tweet and thought, eh, you know, nothing much. Trump just vent tweets all the time. But that tweet did mean something. Uh, the 15-day period ends next Monday, so that if you're listening to it is the day you're listening today. <laughs> so uh, that would be uh, Monday, the 20, the March 30th. Healthcare officials have warned social distancing, school and office closings, and other measures were needed. The U.S. at this point, as Trump was saying, he was going to open the government or reopen the country next Monday. The U.S. had the third most cases behind China and Spain. On Monday, National Economic Council Director Larry Kudlow told Fox News, quote, the president is right. The cure can't be worse than the disease. Adding, quote, and we're going to have to make some difficult trade-offs. On Monday, the Federal Reserve announced it would launch a barrage of programs to help markets function more effectively, including an open-end commitment to buy assets under quantitative easing measures. On Monday, Bank of American Securities found the S&P 500 drop of 30% in 22 days from its record high on February 19th is the fastest stock market drop of this magnitude in history. On Monday, CNBC host Jim Cramer, discussing how companies can profit during the crisis, suggested uninfected airline passengers could wear a star, saying, quote, maybe we have to give people a star, then we're back. So you can, you're going to hear like things this week that I'm writing them down, a sampling of them, how shocking some of the stuff that is being said is, um, but there's more. On Monday, the New York Times reported South Korea, as opposed to the U.S., and we're going to hear more about South Korea. We've already been talking about South Korea as an example in this podcast. Uh, we talked about it last week. South Korea and the U.S. had their first outbreak, their first case on the same day. South Korea, as we talked about in past weeks, took to testing very quickly, approved within a week with, a, with their equivalent of the FDA, a test, and by the first week, we're up to 10,000 tests a day. So, okay, on Monday, the New York Times reported South Korea, which ramped up testing, reported just 64 new cases on Sunday. South Korea is producing 100,000 tests per day now and is in talks with 17 other countries about exporting them. Just 
remember North, South Korea because Trump is going to talk about South Korea this week too. On Monday, in a nightmare, nighttime, excuse me, nightmare and nighttime, in a nighttime address to the nation, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced what amounted to a national lockdown, closing all shops, not selling essential goods, including libraries and playgrounds. Johnson also said not to meet friends or family members who do not live in your home, adding only shopping for essentials like food and medicine was allowed and that police would enforce the new rules. So you can see other parts of the country that's already happened and several other countries uh, are taking more proactive measures. On Monday morning, Surgeon General Jerome Adams warned on the Today Show that Americans are not taking the coronavirus seriously enough, saying, quote, I want America to understand this week it's going to get bad. Adam cited, there are still young people flocking to the beaches and heading to the National Mall to see cherry blossoms, saying, quote, right now there are not enough people out there who are taking this seriously. Asked about Trump's failure to invoke the DPA, Adam said, quote, you don't need to compel someone to do something they are already doing, <coughs> citing two companies that are producing items. On Monday, Representative Ben McAdams, who said last week he had tested positive for COVID-19, said in a statement that he had been hospitalized since Friday because of, quote, severe shortness of breath. McAdams is 45 years old, so you can understand how Americans, okay, first we had Rand Paul, the first senator to get this, who had been asymptomatic, test positive. Now we have Ben McAdams, who's 45 years old, in really good shape, say he's been hospitalized. That's counter to the messaging, the confusing messaging that's out in our country. On Monday, Senator Amy Klobuchar announced on Twitter that her husband, John Bressler, had tested positive and was admitted to the hospital and was on oxygen. Bessler, who quarantined himself, is 52 years old. He had been spitting up blood. On Monday at his daily press briefing, Governor Cuomo said New York coronavirus cases had surged overnight by 38% to 20,875. Cuomo issued, issued an emergency order telling hospitals to increase their capacity by 50%. Cuomo said 13% of the cases in the state have been hospitalized, adding, quote, this could go on for several months. New York has 78,289 tests, roughly 30% done in the United States, and is testing more than 16,000 people a day. On Monday, Trump attacked the New York Times for changing a headline, tweeting, quote, The New York Times changed headlines three times in order to satisfy the radical left. What should have been a good story got worse and worse. Trump added, quote, Fake and corrupt news is very dangerous for our country. He retweeted an image of three headlines from an unverified account that referred to the New York Times in capital letters as Enemy of the People. Okay, so just some context, folks. I always include Trump's tweets because some of them, like the one Monday night uh, after midnight, was actually news about him wanting to actually reopen the country. Uh, but sometimes it's also to give you a sense of his state of mind and what he's doing. And what he's doing this week and ramping up is attacking the media and trying to change the narrative and hold the narrative to the media is doing this, the Democrats are doing this, this isn't really a crisis. On Monday, governors of Indiana, Oregon, Michigan, and Wisconsin issued stay-at-home orders impacting 36 million people. Massachusetts, Kentucky, and Maryland ordered all non-essential businesses to close. So you see this spreading out state by state. However, on Monday, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves rejected calls for a stay-at-home order, saying, quote, Mississippi's never going to be China. The state had 249 detective 
detected cases uh, out of 1,392 tests. That's all they had done. And they had a 213% increase from Friday, uh, the number of cases. So again, we've been talking about the two alternate realities, the one by Fox News and Trump and the Mississippi governor, that this is a China problem, not a Mississippi problem. People like me who follow the news are really worried for states like Mississippi and Alabama. Uh, one in eight people in our country, one in eight Trump voters do not have access to ICUs. That's eight million people. A lot of them are in states like Mississippi and Alabama who continue in Oklahoma, uh, where last week we talked about the governor sending a picture of him out with his kids saying, go out to dinner. If people in these states get sick, it will spread quickly and they will not have access to the health care that places like New York do. So I'm, I'm just saying this out loud because I'm very worried about it. I'm very worried about the governors in these red states not taking this seriously. Speaking of not taking it seriously, on Monday, Trump ally Jerry Falwell Jr., president of Liberty University, announced the school would reopen to its 5,000 students after spring break, despite an outbreak in the Lynchburg, Virginia area. Lynchburg Mayor Trini Tweedy denounced the move, saying, quote, we are in the midst of a public health crisis, calling it reckless. Governor Ralph Northam's office said the state has banned gatherings of more than 10 people. On Sunday, the University of Tampa in Florida announced at least five students traveling with students from other schools had tested positive for the coronavirus. Governor Ron DeSantis resisted calls to close the state's beaches. We've been talking about that for the last two weeks, seeing spring break students out having fun. Now we're seeing the first outbreaks from that fun. On Monday, DeSantis ordered a 14-day quarantine for anyone flying from New York or New Jersey to Florida. The quarantine applies to those who fly, but not those who drive. He said criminal charges may apply for those who do not obey. So again, the nonsensical kind of knee-jerk reaction, you have these young kids out in crowds and at bars drinking and being at your beaches and not stopping that. Uh, but now you're, now you're quarantining people from New York and New Jersey. On Monday, the Dow Jones closed down another 3% after Congress failed to push through a fiscal stimulus bill. The Dow closed at 18,592, the lowest level since November 2016 before Trump took office. On Monday, NBC News reported an Arizona man died after he and his wife ingested chloroquine as a way to prevent the coronavirus. The man's wife, who was in critical care, said they got the idea from a Trump briefing. On Monday, Vanity Fair reported Trump is frustrated and furious with Anthony Fauci the, and governors who advocated for shutting down large parts of the country and is calling business leaders asking if he should just reopen. Jared Kushner is telling Trump he can ignore Fauci and bringing him conspiracy theories and experimental treatments he heard about in Silicon Valley. One official said Trump is waiting for the magic pill. On Monday, AP reported... Trump is agitated. He cannot run the campaign that he wants to run, uh, and he cannot do campaign events. And therefore, he's holding the briefings as a way to supplement his reaching out to his base. Trump wants to be in the spotlight. For example, on Sunday, he had scheduled a 4.30 press briefing, but that was pushed later to improve ratings. Trump has also been furious about his inability to stop the stock market drop, AP reports. 
He has called friends and economists at all hours and berated aides and reporters who try to explain to him the severity of the outbreak. On Monday at his daily press briefing, Trump vowed to reopen businesses, saying, quote, America will again and soon be open for business very soon, adding, quote, we cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself. Trump added, quote, if it were up to doctors, they'd say, keep it shut. Let's shut the, down the entire world for a couple of years, adding, quote, we can't do that. Notably, Fauci did not attend this briefing on Monday. Trump compared the coronavirus death to the flu and accidents, saying you look at automobile accidents, which are far greater than any numbers we're talking about. That doesn't mean you're not going to tell people to drive cars. Dr. Fauci has called out this false equivalency of comparing COVID-19 deaths and accidents, calling it, quote, way out, and questioning how anyone with a, quote, moral conscience could say, let's just let it rip and see people die. I just want to also point out that as we closed out this week, the mortality rate, meaning if you multiply, excuse me, if you divide the number of deaths by the total number of cases, had moved up from 1.55 to 1.66, which is roughly 16 times the mortality rate of the flu. Okay, so Fauci is saying that, but the argument has been made by some business leaders and Trump allies and people in the media on the right that no matter how many lives are lost to the coronavirus, millions more may lose their jobs if the economy does not reopen. Conservatives close to Trump also embraced an article last week by the Hoover Institution titled, quote, Coronavirus Perspective, which said deaths would peak at 500. On Monday, there were close to 600 deaths in the U.S. already. As we close out the week, there were more than 2,000. The consensus among health experts is that businesses, schools, and other gathering places should be closed for many weeks to mitigate the spread, saying without that effort, hospitals would be overwhelmed, and then the mortality rate increases. But in explaining his rationale, Trump compared COVID-19 to the flu, which he said was on pace to kill 50,000. And again, Fauci called a false equivalency and the deaths to the automobile accidents. There's also dissent to Trump's ideas, including from his ally, Senator Lindsey Graham. However, Trump was fixated on the economy and the impact of a recession and unemployment on his chances for re-election. Trump also falsely promised at his press briefing, quote, the vaccines are coming along very quickly and said, quote, our country will be stronger than ever before. And we will anticipate that and falsely claiming, and it won't be that long. Trump also complimented Idaho, Iowa, and Nebraska for being, quote, countries and said they were handling the virus very well. As of Monday evening, there were more than 375,000 cases in the world and more than 16,000 had died. Shortly after, Kudlow echoed Trump's remarks, telling reporters that some states with low numbers of confirmed cases might be able to ease off their restrictions quickly and predicting an economic rebound Monday night. Shortly after, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick also picking up on Trump's cues, uh, who he also turned 70 next week, echoed Trump on Fox News, saying he was, quote, all in with risking death, for, quote, the America that all America loves for your children and grandchildren. Patrick added, quote, my message is that let's get back to work. Let's get back to living. Let's be smart about it. And for those of us who are over 70, we'll take care of ourselves, but don't sacrifice our country. 
On Monday, the New York Times reported Trump is losing patience with Fauci, who has served every president since Ronald Reagan. Trump has given him leeway, but his public disagreements with Trump is rankling the regime. In the past two weeks, Fauci has done more interviews and officials have become concerned with his publicly criticizing Trump. On the facepalm moment last Friday, Fauci claimed a lozenge got a lozenge got caught in his throat. On Monday, the New York Times reported Chinese Americans are contending with growing racism in the form of verbal and physical attacks and fear for their safety, afraid to go to the grocery stores on buses or outside alone. Americans with families from Korea, Vietnam, and the Philippines, Myanmar, and other places are also facing threats, being lumped in by those who do not know the difference. Unlike after 9-11, when President George W. Bush urged tolerance of American Muslims, Trump and his allies are using language which is inciting racist attacks against Asian Americans. Don't forget, in addition to uh, Trump using the Chinese virus, we have our Secretary of State saying the Wuhan virus and somebody else saying the Congo flu last week. On Monday, a federal appeals court affirmed a ruling that Trump cannot block critics on Twitter from his account unless he the account he uses to communicate with the public, saying he violated the First Amendment when he blocked people. On Monday, ABC News reported the FBI intelligence has found that white supremacists are encouraging their members who contract the coronavirus to spread it to police and Jews. An alert warns extremists are being told to spread it, quote, through bodily fluids and personal interactions, and to use spray bottles to spread bodily fluids to cops, and to spread to Jews, quote, any place they may be congregated. On Tuesday, ABC News reported the FBI stopped white supremacist Timothy Timothy Wilson, 36, who was on the verge of trying to detonate a car bomb at a Kansas City area medical center amid the COVID-19 panic. The FBI said Wilson had also shared instructions with an active U.S. Army soldier who wanted to attack a major American news network and discussed targeting Democratic candidate Beto O'Rourke. On Tuesday, Japanese President Minister, Prime Minister Abe announced the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, scheduled to take place this, this summer, will be postponed following an agreement with the International Olympics Committee. On Tuesday, Trump again mocked Romney, quoting a tweet with an article about his test for the coronavirus coming out negative, adding, quote, this is really great news. I am so happy I can barely speak. On Tuesday, Cuomo grew visibly angry at his briefing, saying that he had asked for 30,000 ventilators to prepare for the apex of the caseload, which his team predicted was two to three weeks away. New York, as of Tuesday, had 25,665 cases. Cuomo said Trump said Trump says it's like a war. Well, then act like a war, adding, quote, you pick the 26,000 people you are, that are going to die because you have only sent 400 ventilators. New York had 3,000 to 4,000 ventilators on hand. Cuomo also fired back at Trump's idea to reopen the economy, signing public health experts say people will die if there is a pullback, adding, quote, No American is going to say, accelerate the economy at the cost of human life. Tuesday, Representative Liz Cheney, the number three House Republican, also tweeted her disagreement with Trump, saying, quote, there will be no normally functioning economy if our hospitals are overwhelmed and thousands lay dying. 
On Tuesday, in an interview, Bill Gates called Trump's approach, quote, very irresponsible, saying we cannot simply restart the economy and, quote, ignore the piles of bodies over in the corner. On Tuesday, as Tuesday played out, Trump, instead of doing his daily press briefing, was scheduled to do a virtual town hall uh, with Fox News from the White House instead. There was no scheduled task force briefing that day by any of the medical experts as we started out the day. Trump told Fox News he wants the economy to, quote, open back up by Easter, which is uh, Sunday, April 12th, saying, quote, wouldn't it be great to have all the churches full? As Trump was speaking, the number of cases in the U.S. surpassed 50,000. Trump added, quote, I would love to have the country opened up and raring to go by Easter. And he, quote, you'll have packed churches all over the country. I think it's beautiful. Um, Again, Trump is not rooted in any sort of reality here. (laughs) Dr. Tina Tan, the doctor and board member of Infectious Disease and Society of America, told CNBC, quote, obviously Trump is not rooted in reality. This is the making of a major public health disaster. Trump also blamed governors, including Cuomo, for not getting ventilators and other medical supplies. They requested, say, telling Fox News, quote, it's a two-way street. They have to treat us well, too. So that was the beginning of Trump saying, I'm only going to help governors that are nice to me. Trump also said he would stop calling COVID-9 the Chinese virus, saying, quote, look, everyone knows it came from China, but I decided we should make a choice. We shouldn't make a big deal out of it. Adding, quote, I think people understand it. Okay. So I just want to stop here. This is a subtle shift Trump made this week. There was a rising amount of xenophobia, attacks against Asian Americans, that kind of stuff Trump could care less about. That's been a a signature hallmark of his entire time of his campaign and in office. But what Trump started to do on Tuesday in his tiff and his jealousy, also of Andrew Cuomo taking the lead and his disagreements with Cuomo on how to handle this virus and whether it's actually real, Trump then subtly shifted starting Tuesday to make it a China problem to making it a New York problem. So we're going to be talking about what ended up being a daily press briefing later Tuesday, which he did hold, uh, I think after getting thoroughly mocked for how this Fox News virtual town hall went. Uh, But watch the changing messaging starting, as he says, at this Fox News town hall, he's no longer calling it the China virus. On Tuesday, the World Health Organization spokesperson said, quote, roughly 40% of the newest coronavirus cases are coming from the United States and that the U.S. could become the new epicenter for the pandemic. As of Tuesday, that's what was being said. On Tuesday, Vanity Fair reported Trump's private business had shut down six of its top seven revenue-producing clubs and hotels because of the coronavirus, a possible motivation to reopen the economy. On Tuesday, the Louisville Courier-Journal reported one person tested positive for COVID-19 after attending a, quote, coronavirus party of young people. Kentucky Governor Andy Beshear admonished the practice. So I'm purposely left in. There are a lot of anecdotal stories of what's going on around the country. I've, I've put in a smattering each week to give you a sense of what's happening, and that's one in Kentucky, about the kids not taking it seriously, having coronavirus parties. 
On Tuesday, the Dow Jones rebounded 11%, up 2,113 points, the best day since 1933, as investors bet that Congress would deliver on a coronavirus stimulus deal, after Speaker Pelosi said there is, quote, real optimism. Later Tuesday, Trump went ahead with the daily press briefing, along with Dr. Deborah Birx and Fauci. Trump called New York City a, quote, hotspot. And Birx and Fauci urged anyone who has left the city to self-quarantine for 14 days. I watched afterwards CNN, um, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who's like become everyone's doctor, describe this and how confusing it was that the CDC guidelines do not say 14-day quarantine, that you it seems to change all the time from five days, if you've had it, you'll know in five days, uh, to now 14 days. And again, that's just part of the general confusion out there. Burke said, quote, everyone who is in New York should self-quarantine, meaning for the next 14 days, to ensure that the virus does not spread to others. While Fauci called it, quote, a very serious situation. Trump said the country was beginning to see the, quote, light at the end of the tunnel, even though the number of cases is doubling every two to three days, adding he and his regime, quote, will deliver for you as we have in the past. When asked about Trump's Easter Sunday goal for lifting restrictions, Fauci said, You've got to be very flexible and on a literally day-to-day, week-by-week basis, evaluate the feasibility of what you are doing. It was Fauci's first time appearing alongside Trump since Friday. Trump said, quote, I think that would be a great thing for our country and we're all working really hard and said he would listen to advice from Burks and Fauci. Trump also falsely claimed, quote, we keep hearing about South Korea. In eight days, we're doing more testing than they've done in eight weeks. It's a tremendous turn. Just some perspective, the U.S. has done 367,000 tests, far less than South Korea per capita, but the important point being their population is much smaller. And South Korea did a lot of testing, 10,000 to 15,000 a day early on, stopped the spread. They're now producing 100,000, as the New York Times reported, per day and starting to export those tests. Larry Kudlow said the economic package, quote, urgently needed to bolster the economy is roughly $6 trillion, the largest in history, including $2 trillion for direct assistance and $4 trillion in Federal Reserve lending power. On Tuesday, Seattle's NPR station, KUOW Public Radio, announced it will no longer air Trump's briefings live, quote, due to a pattern of false and misleading information provided that cannot be fact-checked in real time. Shortly after Trump's daily press briefing, conservative radio host Glenn Beck echoed Trump saying, quote, I would rather have my grandchildren stay home and have all of us who are over 50 go to work, adding, quote, it's not the economy that's dying, it's our country. Shortly after, Fox News commentator Brett Hume echoed Trump, telling host Tucker Carlson, that it is a, quote, entirely reasonable viewpoint to expect grandparents to die to protect the economy. Hume added, quote, this circumstance, as we try to beat the virus, is not sustainable. Adding, quote, we don't shut down the economy to save every single life that's threatened by a widespread disease. We just don't. On Tuesday, Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro echoed Trump, urging Brazilians to go back to work and school, attacking governors and blaming the media for a climate of, quote, hysteria in his country. On Wednesday, Trump repeated his false claim, tweeting, quote, just reported that the United States has done more testing than any other nation by far. 
The U.S. has done among the fewest tests per capita of any country. That's something we've talked about. Trump added, quote, over a span of eight days, the United States now has done more testing than what North Korea did over eight-week span. Great job. South Korea tested one in 170 people. The U.S. has tested one in 1,090 people. On Wednesday, as Trump considered reopening, a morning consult poll found three in four Americans support a national quarantine, including 81% of Democrats, 72% of Republicans, and 69% of independents. The poll found one in five support Trump's idea to resume normal activity next month. On handling the crisis, 50%, 56% of Republicans said Trump's response is excellent, while 16% of independents and 6% of Democrats agree. On Wednesday, CNN reported the U.S. State Department is asking other countries to sell the U.S. a list of 25 items to help fight the coronavirus, ranging from basics like hand sanitizer to ventilators. The list included hospital items, including biohazard bags, and 95 masks, gloves, gowns, surgical caps. I mean, here's the United States, supposed to be the greatest country in the world. We're asking other countries to sell us medical goods. On Wednesday, and again, Trump refuses to invoke the DPA. On Wednesday, okay, so that was Wednesday. Uh, short, um, shortly after, Trump blamed the media, tweeting, quote, the lamestream media is a dominant for force in trying to get me to keep our country closed. Adding, quote, the media hopes it will be detrimental to my election success. On Wednesday at his daily press briefing, Trump said he approved major disaster declarations for New York, California, Washington, Iowa, Louisiana, Texas, and Florida. Burks and Fauci also attended. The Washington Post calculated that on this Wednesday briefing, Trump spent 25% of his time congratulating himself and blaming others. Trump said, quote, it's been incredible how we've done, adding, quote, we've done one hell of a job. Nobody's done the job that we've done. Trump added, pointing to closing the border with China, calling it a, quote, great response, and we're the ones that kept China out of here, adding if he didn't do it, quote, you'd have thousands and thousands of people dead. Trump also continued to blame the Obama administration, saying, quote, we've come a long way from an obsolete broken system that I inherited, despite this being Trump's fourth year in office. Trump indicated he reached a truce with Cuomo, saying New York is facing a, quote, number of very tough weeks, but Cuomo was doing a, quote, very good job, and, quote, I'm doing everything in my power to help the city pull through. Trump was asked about his lamestream media tweet and replied, quote, I think there are certain people that would like it to do financially poorly because they think that it would be very good as far as defeating me at the polls. Trump added of the media, quote, I do think it's so that there are people in your profession that would like it to happen. I think it's very clear, and the media would love to see him lose because, quote, we've done one hell of a job. Trump bragged, quote, Nobody's done the job that we've done, adding, quote, and it's lucky that you have this group here right now for this problem, or you wouldn't even have a country left. After his appearance, Trump tweeted, quote, I hear that fake news CNN just reported that I am isolated in the White House, wondering out loud when will life return to normal. Does, does not 
has no time for stupidity. We're working around the clock to keep America safe. Shortly after, Daily Beast reported CNN and MSNBC staffers have acknowledged that airing Trump's briefings live in full amplifies the spread of misinformation, citing the Arizona death as an example. Going forward, the two networks will air the beginning of the briefing, then cut away from Trump's first lie in return when the lies stopped to air Fauci and Burks. That was a plan uh, that hadn't actually started yet. On Wednesday, the New York Times reported hospitals in New York City are facing a surge in coronavirus cases, the kind that overwhelmed the healthcare systems in China and Italy. Doctors and nurses are stretched and lack adequate PPE. A refrigerated truck has been placed outside Elmhurst Hospital in Queens to hold dead bodies. People are lining up at 6 a.m. to be tested. In 24 hours, 13 people died in that hospital. One general medicine resident called it apocalyptic. At least two city hospitals have filled their morgues. Medical workers say in early March they saw an increase of patients with flu-like symptoms but did not know much about COVID-19. Tests now show that it was the virus that was causing these symptoms. So again, we are just playing catch-up. Close to 4,000 have been hospitalized in New York City. All of the city's 1,800 ICU Beds are expected to be filled by Friday. Officials have begun building four 250-bed hospitals at Javits Center in Manhattan. Again, so, you know, the lack of, you know, four weeks ago, Trump was saying that we had 15 cases going to zero and called calling it the Democrats' new hoax. This has consequences. There were cases that people had that were flu-like. We sent them back home. They spread it around to other people who didn't know what they were, what they had. This is all part of the disinformation early on. On Wednesday, Arizona Health Department Director Dr. Kara Christ told healthcare providers not to test most patients for COVID-19, saying the state's quote current reality is that it does not have enough supplies. She also advised, given the shortage of PPE, that healthcare professionals should be moved to test outside and, if possible, to reuse equipment, and for primary care officials to send patients to higher care without actually testing them because of the lack of tests. So, again, that's real ground what's happening versus what Trump is saying, the lies and propaganda at his daily briefings. On Wednesday, right-wing commentator Dinesh D'Souza told Fox News the virus, quote, spreads are mainly in blue states After and said criticizing Trump, they want the racists and fascists to step in and help them. On Wednesday, according to online ammunition retailer Ammo.com, there's been a massive increase in sales of guns and ammunition amid the coronavirus. Ammunition sales were up 1,000% in some states. On Wednesday, Trump's re-election campaign sent a cease and desist letter to liberal super PAC Priorities USA over an ad running in battleground states in which Trump called the virus a hoax. The ad entitled Exponential Threat splices together tr- clips of Trump downplaying the virus over a graph showing the number of cases rising and a clip of him saying, quote, the coronavirus, this is their new hoax. On Wednesday, an entire nursing home in New Jersey was evacuated and moved to a new home. At least 24 of the 94 residents had tested positive to the coronavirus, and the other 70 were presumed to have it as well. On Wednesday, New York Post reported hedge fund manager Bill Ackman, who told CNBC last week that hell was coming due to the pandemic, netted $26 billion by shorting the stock market. 
On Wednesday, the number of U.S. deaths topped 1,000, almost double from two days before. There were also 68,960 confirmed cases, with the U.S. third behind Italy and China as of Wednesday. On Wednesday, the New York Times reported on an anonymous forum of more than 1,200 healthcare workers sharing coronavirus stories. Over 90% said they lacked proper equipment, particularly N95 masks, as being the biggest problem. A nurse in New York City said, quote, our hospital is taking on way more patients than we can handle. Roughly 26% say they weren't sure if patients they were treating had the coronavirus due to lack of testing availability. A nurse in Texas with 17 years of emergency room experience said, quote, protocols change minute to minute if there are any at all. I can no longer trust the CDC. For the first time in my career, I am scared to go to work. On Wednesday, the Washington Post reported hospitals on the front line of the pandemic are discussing universal do not resuscitate orders for coronavirus patients, giving the surge in new cases regardless of family wishes. That, again, is what happened in Italy amid their surge in crisis. Unthinkable previously in the United States. The coronavirus were in part prompted by the risk to staff amid a dwindling supply of PPE. Hospital systems in cities and states, including Chicago, D.C., Pennsylvania, and the Carolinas, have had these discussions. On Thursday, just after midnight, the Senate passed a $2.2 trillion coronavirus release bill with a unanimous vote 96-0. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said she would take up the bill on Friday. On Wednesday, local NBC News reported more than 100 employee staffers at Boston-area hospitals, Brigham and Women's, Mass General, and Boston Medical Center have tested positive for COVID-19. On Thursday, the Labor Department said a record 3.3 million Americans filed for unemployment last week. Just 282,000 filed the week before. The prior record for a week was 695,000 in October 1982, again, 3.3 million. On Thursday, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Paul appeared on the Today Show. He promised continued action by the central bank, saying, quote, when it comes to lending, we're not going to run out of ammunition. When asked about Trump's plan to reopen the economy, Paul said, quote, we're not experts in pandemics over here. Adding, quote, Dr. Fauci said the virus is going to set the timetable. That sounds right to me. On Thursday at the G20 virtual summit, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said the coronavirus, quote, the challenges before us dwarf those of 2008. What we face today is not a banking crisis, it is a human crisis. On Thursday, Global News in Canada reported Trump is considering putting troops near the Canadian border in light of security concerns over the pandemic. Ironically, Canada has roughly 3,000 cases, and at this point, the United States had 70,000 cases. Canadian Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland said, quote, Canada is strongly opposed to the U.S. proposal, and we've made that very clear to our U.S. counterparts. On Thursday, Yahoo News reported as the U.S. struggles with the coronavirus, China is asserting itself as the global leader, stepping up to help in the global pandemic role typically played by the U.S. in the past. China has promised to send 8,000 ventilators and 2 million masks, as well as a gift of 20 million to the WHO, earmarked for the pandemic. 
Trump proposed slashing U.S. funds to the WHO last month. While China is helping other countries, according to South Korea's government readout, Trump asked South Korea's president on Tuesday for help with medical equipment, an extraordinary request by a U.S. leader. On Thursday, in other world news, in a stunning reversal in Israel, Benny Gantz agreed to join forces with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu due to the coronavirus. Gantz will serve as an interim vice PM, then in 18 months assume the PM role. On Thursday, Governor Cuomo said New York has 37,000 cases and 100 new deaths. He called the Senate's $2.2 trillion emergency bill relief, in which New York rules received just $5 billion, irresponsible and reckless. Shortly after, the number of worldwide cases surpassed 500,000, reaching 510,000 by midday with 23,000 data worldwide. The U.S. had more than 75,000 cases on Thursday, with over 1,000 dead. WHO Director Enhomos uh, Jebreyesus said the pandemic is, quote, accelerating, saying, quote, it took, 30, it took 67 days case to reach 100,000, 11 days for the second, four days for the third 100,000. This last 100,000 took two days. On Thursday, and again, we've talked about the tale of two different narratives. On Thursday, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey said, quote, right now is not the time for a shelter in place, saying, quote, we are not Louisiana, we are not New York, and we are not California. So far at this point, on Thursday, 21 states have shelter in place orders. Alabama had 517 cases, up 34% from Wednesday. According to Alabama reporters, Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth told the governor's COVID-19 task force this week that the state has, quote, not done enough to prepare like Mississippi, which we discussed in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, This is just me personally being worried for what's going to happen in states with Alabama, which have vast swaths of that state with no ICUs or hospitals. On Thursday, Germans Der Spiegel reported the G7 foreign ministers have been unable to issue a joint statement because Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's insistence on calling COVID-19 the Wuhan virus. On Thursday, in a letter to governors, Trump provided guidelines for state and local governments to use when making decisions about, quote, maintaining, increasing, or relaxing social distancing and other mitigation measures. Trump said officials are gathering data to categorize counties as, quote, high risk, medium risk, or low risk for the virus, which will drive the, quote, next phase of the response so parts of the U.S. economy can reopen by Easter. On Thursday, Fauci countered Trump, saying in an interview, the U.S., quote, can start thinking about getting back to some degree of normality when the country as a whole turns the corner of reducing the spread. Fauci added, quote, you need to see the trajectory of the curve start to come down before the country reopens. Fauci said New York City is experiencing a, quote, terrible time, and this is serious business. On Thursday, the U.S. passed China and Italy to have the most confirmed cases in the world, with at least 81,321 infected by midday of the 522,000 cases worldwide. The New York Times reported a series of missteps and missed opportunities dogged the nation's response. Importantly, Trump and his regime failed to take the pandemic seriously, even as it engulfed China. 
There was no coherent, no coherent message from the regime. As Trump said, missed messages about the scale of the virus and how to fight it. The regime failed to provide mass testing, which left the U.S. blind to the scale of the spread. These actions with little and late response left the U.S. with a shortage of masks and protective gear to protect doctors and nurses, as well as a shortage of ventilators to keep people alive. Singapore, Taiwan, South Korea, and Japan quickly began preparing for the worst case early on, while the U.S., which should have been ready, was not as Trump focused on other things. A John Hopkins infectious disease doctor said, quote, we are the new global epicenter of the disease, adding, quote, all we can do is slow the transmission by staying home and ramping up PPE ventilators testing. On Thursday, the Dow rallied 1,352 points, or 6.4%, on moves by the Fed to shore up the economy and Senate passing the coronavirus bill. The Dow was up 20% in the last three days, the biggest three-day surge since 1931. On Thursday, at his daily press briefing, Trump said, quote, we will vanquish this virus, and, quote, large sections of our country can probably go back to normal much sooner than others. Without specifying a time, Trump said Americans should go back to work, quote, pretty quickly, adding, quote, our people want to work, they want to go back, they have to go back, and we're going to be talking about dates. On the unemployment report, Trump said, quote, it's nobody's fault, certainly not in this country, nobody's fault. And in quote, when I heard the numbers, I mean, I heard it could be 6 million, it could be 7 million, it's 3.2 or 3.3. Trump added, I think we'll come back very strong the sooner we get back to work. Every day we stay out, it gets harder to bring it back very quickly. And in quote, you'll see a very fast turn around once we have a victory. On criticism over lack of medical equipment being provided to states, Trump said, quote, we've got tremendous amounts of equipment coming in. A lot of great companies are making equipment and, quote, ventilators take a little longer to make. Asked if he had taken steps to protect Asian Americans from hate, Trump said, quote, Asian Americans in the country are doing fantastically well, adding I'm very close to them. I think they appreciate the job we're doing. Trump repeated his false claim that the virus was, quote, unforeseen, saying, quote, this is, was something no one has ever thought could happen to this country. Nobody could have ever thought a thing like this could have happened. Again, we've talked about in last week's podcast that intelligence had been raving the red flag about this for months. Burks claimed that she was told New York had enough ventilators to meet its current needs and locations upstate, saying there is, quote, over 1,000 or 2,000 ventilators that have not been utilized yet. Burks also denied reporting on do not necessitate, do not resuscitate measures, saying, quote, there's no situation in the United States right now that warrants this kind of discussion. We don't have evidence of that right now. This is when people really started to lose confidence in Burks. On Thursday at a press conference, Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker emotionally ripped into the Trump regime for outbidding states for PP&E after Trump told states they are on their own to buy equipment. Baker said he, quote, had confirmed orders for millions of pieces of gear only to have it evaporate in front of us, adding, quote, our first responders, our healthcare workers, everyone deserves to have that gear. On Thursday, a Fox News poll found Fauci had the highest approval in response to the coronavirus, with 77% approving and 12% disapproving. He also had bipartisan support. Trump had the lowest support, with only 51% approving and 46% disapproving. 
Pence was at 55%, 37%. Your state government was up at 74% approval. On Thursday, the Washington Post reported as Trump prepares to break from the advice of healthcare experts on reopening the economy, a cadre of right-wing news sites are attacking and seeking to discredit Anthony Fauci. The sites have cited a hacked email published on WikiLeaks that Fauci sent in 2013 to one of Hillary Clinton's top aides, Cheryl Mills, in which he praised her, quote, stamina and capability during the Benghazi hearing. A mem circulating on social media shows Fauci with his arms around Nancy Pelosi was a question, quote, look trustworthy to you? And others are accusing Fauci of trying to turn the country into, quote, a police state like China. Some of the same Twitter accounts that attacked the Ukraine whistleblower are also attacking Fauci. However, so far, Fauci does still have the support of mainstream Republicans. On Thursday at her weekly news conference, Pelosi said to focus on bill, the focus on bills was on, quote, testing, 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 very important so we know, and, quote, masks, 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 so we can, quote, test, test, test. Pelosi closed by saying to succeed, quote, it won't happen unless we respect science, science, science. For those who say we choose science over prayer, We choose prayer over science. I say science is our answer to our prayers. Late Thursday, House leadership told members to return to Washington, D.C. for an in-person roll call vote on the stimulus package after Representative Thomas Massey from Kentucky aired grievances that jeopardized a voice vote. On Thursday, the New York Times reported the White House was prepared to announce a joint venture between General Motors and Ventec Life Systems, to produce 80,000 ventilators when suddenly word came down the deal was off. The decision to cancel the announcement came after the after FEMA said it needed more time to ask, to assess the price tag of roughly 1.5 billion, which would be 18,000 per ventilator. Jared Kushner was brought in by Vice President Pence to ramp up ventilator production and has been directing efforts by FEMA. Part of the reason for the holdup was concern of overordering for ventilators. So again, these we don't want to spend 1.5 billion on 18, which is be roughly 18,000 per ventilator. Uh, and that was held up by Jared under his leadership of our, because nobody in a working in this regime, his leadership of, of getting ventilators. So this is Thursday night. Later Thursday, Trump called into Fox News into Sean Hannity's show. He bragged that he had postponed a conference call with Chinese President Jinping to call in after being prompted by Hannity asking about the call. Trump said of Cuomo's request for ventilators, quote, I don't believe you need 40,000 or 30,000 ventilators. You go into the major hospital sometimes and they'll have two ventilators and now suddenly they need 30,000. By Thursday evening, there were more than 85,000 confirmed cases in the U.S. Almost half of these 39,000 were in New York, and the state had 519 deaths. Trump also attacked Governor Jay Inslee and Michigan Governor Gretchen Dittmar, both uh, Democrats, Jay Inslee in Washington. Trump said of Inslee, quote, he shouldn't be relying on the federal government. He's always complaining. Trump added, quote, the young, a woman governor, you know who I'm talking about from Michigan, adding, quote, she is a new governor and she's not been pleasant. Quote, all she does is sit there and blame the federal government. 
On Friday, Rudy Giuliani joined, tweeting, hydrocochlorine is safe and in at least three international tests was found 100% effective in treating the coronavirus, but Governor Whitmore threatened doctors who prescribed it. Twitter took the unusual step of removing Giuliani's tweet, citing it violated rules by providing false information. Giuliani appeared to get the false information from conspiracy blogger Jim Holt of Gateway Pundit. On Friday, Governor Whitmore of Michigan told a local station the state is having trouble getting the equipment they need, saying she is being told by vendors that the state procured contracts with that, quote, they're being told not to send stuff to Michigan. On Friday, Prime Minister of Britain Benjamin, uh, Boris Johnson announced in a video he had tested positive for COVID-19 and would self-quarantine, saying he, quote, had mild symptoms, including a fever and a persistent cough. Shortly after, British Health Minister Matt Hancock announced he also attested positive, and Chief Medical Officer Chris Whitty said he had symptoms. The UK had roughly 12,000 cases and 580 had died. On Friday, the House passed a $2 trillion coronavirus relief bill, the largest package in U.S. history. The bill passed in a voice vote, overriding Massey's request for a recorded vote by having a 216-person quorum. On Friday, an ABC Washington Post poll found 51% of Americans approve of Trump's handling of the coronavirus, 45% disapprove. A similar poll last week by ABC News and Ipsos found 55 had approved, so that number is down. Trump's overall approval in the poll rose to 48% approved, 46% disapproved the first time since Trump took office with a positive net approval. ABC News noted, like Gallup has, that president's poll numbers typically rise in times of crisis. On Friday, the U.S. index of consumer sentiment dropped to 89.1 in March, its lowest level since October 2016, from 101 in February. The drop was the fourth largest in the past 50 years. On Friday, following the New York Times reporting about Trump and Jared Kushner and the ventilators, Trump tweeted, quote, as usual with this, General Motors, things just never seem to work out. They said they were going to give us 40,000 much-needed ventilators very quickly. Trump added, now they're saying it will be only 6,000 in late April and they want top dollar. Always a mess with Mary B. Invoke P. Seeming to refer to the DPA. Trump continued, GM must, in capital letters, immediately open their stupidly abandoned Lordsville plant in Ohio or some other plant, saying in capital letters, start making ventilators now. Ford, get going on ventilators fast. Trump added in another tweet, Invoke P means Defense Production Act, and tweeted, quote, we have just purchased many ventilators from some wonderful companies. Trump then attacked the New York Times, tweeting, quote, Will someone please explain to the fake news New York Times, all the news that's not worth to print, that the Democrats make it almost impossible for us to fill positions? Seeming to have an excuse for why Jared Kushner is handling this. Shortly after, Trump said he had signed an order directing Secretary of Health and Human Services Alex Azar to investigate applying the DPA to General Motors. On Friday, New York Times, this is a short... (laughs) Shocking story, an anecdotal story, you know, as as Friday was playing out. The New York Times reported luxury brands, including Fendi, Celine, and Chanel, boarded up their stores in the Soho section in New York City, 
in anticipation of possible riots and civil disobedience. On fr Friday, Fox said it had parted ways with Fox business anchor Trish Regan after her monologue in which she dismissed concerns about the coronavirus as a scam fueled by enemies of Trump. I just want to note here that Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity have said similar or worse things, but they are still employed by Fox. On Friday, the Washington Post reported New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell said agencies that are part of Mardi Gras every year, part of their planning, including the FBI and DHS, did not raise concerns about the coronavirus before Mardi Gras was held. The open-air party in February had more than a million attend, including visitors from overseas. On March 9th, the first COVID-9 case appeared. Louisiana now has 2,300 cases and 83 deaths as of Thursday. Forecasting showed when the peak was expected to occur on April 8th, Louisiana could be short 1,436 ICU beds. Morial Convention Center will be used for hospital beds starting this weekend. The city has very limited testing ability availability with just 250 test kits per day at two different drive-through sites and are usually gone by midday. Area hospitals have ramped up testing, including 1,900 on Thursday. Now, we talked about in the beginning of the week how I mentioned that Trump was starting to focus on attacking New York and put states against each other. Other governors took the lead. Uh, we talked about Florida. On Friday, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, who is a Democrat, unfortunately, tweeted that she signed an executive order mandating that, quote, anyone who's traveling to New York by way of transportation must self-quarantine for 14 days upon arrival in Rhode Island. She added, quote, we'll be stationing National Guard members at bus stops and at train stations and state police will stop cars, quote, to gather contact information from travelers and inform them of the quarantine. She added that on Saturday, Rhode Island law enforcement officers and the National Guard will be going door to door, asking people if they've been to New York and requesting their contact information. The ACLU of Rhode Island said, quote, while the governor may have the power to suspend some state laws and regulations, under the Fourth Amendment, having a New York state license plate simply does not constitute probable cause. On Friday, Kentucky Governor Andy Bashar urged residents not to cross the border to Tennessee unless they must do so for work or to visit a loved one. Tennessee had 1,200 cases while Kentucky had just 22 as of Friday. On Friday, Trump declined to invite Speaker Pelosi to the White House for a ceremony where he planned to sign the coronavirus relief bill to have not spoken since October 16th. On Friday, flanked by white male leaders in front of the media, Trump signed the bill, saying, quote, we got hit by the invisible enemy and we got hit hard, and adding, quote, I think we are going to have a tremendous rebound. Notably amid the national call for social distancing, attendees, which included Republican leaders and cabinet members, stood close together. Trump also handed out pens to several attendees after he signed the bill. On Friday, in a statement released in the early evening, Trump said he would not comply with the portion of the bill that authorizes an inspector general to oversee how $500 billion in business loans will be spent. In other words, to see if they're being spent on Trump's businesses. On Friday, the Dow Jones fell 915 points, or 4%, breaking its three-day winning streak on concerns the stimulus package might not be enough to address the systemic risk. On Friday, the Boston Globe, this is an important story, 
reported Larry Raske, a longtime advisor to former Vice President Joe Biden, postminently tested positive for the coronavirus, according to his son. He died on Sunday. So we're going to see a lot more cases like that where people died. We don't know why they died because they weren't tested, because testing has not been available because of Trump incompetence and now seeming unwillingness to have testing who turned out to have died of the coronavirus. On Friday at his daily press briefing, Trump said he had instructed Pence, who leads the virus task force, not to reach out to governors who aren't, quote, appreciative of the regime's efforts. Trump said, quote, I think they should be appreciative because you know what? When they're not appreciative to me, they're not going to appreciate the Army Corps. They're not going to appreciate FEMA. It's not right. Trump said he told Pence not to call Inslee, saying, quote, you're wasting your time with him and not to call Governor Whitmore. Whitmer saying, quote, don't call the woman in Michigan. It doesn't make any difference what happens. Trump said he invoked the DPA to manufacture 100,000 ventilators, saying we will not hesitate to use the full authority of the federal government to combat the crisis. We have to get these people on board. Trump also told ABC News' John Carl, quote, don't be a cutie pie. After Carl pressed Trump, asking if everyone who needs a ventilator will be able to get one, Trump added, quote, Nobody's done what we've been able to do. Fauci told reporters, quote, this is something that we've never seen before, at least in our generation. We are really being challenged to not only learn in real time, adding, quote, but we are also in uncharted waters. Trump's remarks came shortly before the U.S. cases passed 100,000, doubling in three days. In the early evening, there were 101,000 cases confirmed and 1,500 Americans were dead. Later Friday, Governor Whitmore told CNN, quote, we've entered into a number of contracts and we get closer to the date when the shipments are coming, they get canceled or delayed. Whitmore said shipments are going to the federal government instead, adding this is an issue other cities and states are facing. Quote, this is an issue we are all confronting as a nation. We are bidding against one another. Later Friday, Whitmore tweeted, Quote, I've asked repeatedly and respectfully for help. We need it. No more political attacks, just PPE ventilators and 95 mass test kits. You stand with Michigan, prove it. Shortly after, Trump tweeted, quote, I love Michigan, which is why he is doing a, quote, great job for them. But, quote, Gretchen Half-Whitmer is in way over her head. She doesn't have a clue, blaming everyone for her own ineptitude. Whitmer did not respond. Then late Friday, Trump signed off on an emergency declaration for Michigan. The U.S. had more than 105,000 cases at that point. Shortly after midnight, Trump tweeted, quote, such fake reporting by New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, and others, claiming they use a small portion of a sentence out of a full paragraph in order to demean. Trump added of the media, quote, they really are corrupt and disgusting, adding no wonder the media is, according to polls, Record-setting low and untrusted. Make America great again. So this is all happening while we're up to 105,000 cases and had passed 1,000 deaths and heading towards 2,000. And Trump is fighting with governors. He's also now attacking the media. He woke up Saturday morning and continued with his storm of tweets, again attacking the media, saying so much of the lamestream media is writing and broadcasting stories with facts that are made up and knowingly wrong. Trump added the media is, quote, doing it by quoting unnamed sources that simply do not exist, adding, quote, there are very dangerous and corrupt people who will do anything to win, and then in capital letters, 
Name your sources. Trump added, quote, one of the reasons that fake news has become so prevalent and far-reaching is the fact that corrupt journalists base their stories on sources they make up to distort a story. Trump continued, when you see five sources say, we believe the story is often fake news, adding lamestream media should be forced to reveal sources very much as they did long ago past, which is not true. But again, as we started the week, as I noted, Trump spent this week attacking the media. That's always his sort of fail-safe. It's attack the Democrats, attack the Federal Reserve. This week, heavy dose of attack the media. On Saturday, uh, Cuomo said the state could reach its apex in 14 to 21 days, and New York had 52,000 confirmed cases and at least 728 deaths. But on the good news side, saw a slow in admits to the hospital and ICU, and it was starting to see a flattening of the curve. We talked about that in the beginning of the podcast. New York was the first state to do so. Cuomo said he spoke to Trump that morning about new hospital sites and later called out states having to compete one another for supplies, which, again, we've talked about all week. That continues and the lack of mass testing. New York has done 155,000 tests, roughly a quarter of all those in the country. On Saturday, Trump told reporters he is considering a, quote, enforceable two-week quarantine of New York, New Jersey, and parts of Connecticut. Cuomo said Trump did not mention the measure in their morning call. Trump then left the White House for the first time in a week to fly to Norfolk, Virginia, along with Defense Secretary Mark Esper, for a ceremony setting a hospital uh, hospital ship Comfort on its way to New York, ironically. Um, and, you know, and, and people are wondering where this came from. It seems like a lot of what Trump does is just looking for the next foil to attack. He went from Whitmer uh, attacking her. Earlier in the week, he was fighting with Cuomo. Uh, as we closed off the week and he signed off on the emergency declaration for Michigan, it seemed like he woke up and thought to himself, hmm, why don't I go after New York and New Jersey? And without checking in to whether this is legal, just in order of quarantine. So that was happening. Again, our week goes from Saturday at two at noon to Saturday at noon. And then as the week came to a close, I put this on every week because history will be shocked to see how quickly these are growing. There were 640,000 cases worldwide and about 30,000 dead. The U.S. had started off with 22,000 cases. We closed with 112,000 and 1841 dead, including 400 had died on Friday, 270 on Thursday. Remember last week, the week before, we would have one death, zero deaths, you know, just barely any. And we would have shock when we two weeks ago got to 1,000 cases. Now we are in that exponential growth. Uh, And Trump is threatening to... We open the economy as we finish off this week, still failing to take any major steps on a national level. So stay safe, stay tuned. Everyone uh, stay home too. Spend time with your loved one, watch some old movies, but please, whatever you can, avoid company of others for now. Okay, till next week.